you're exactly where you need to be. And you're listening to ADD Comedy with Dave Rosowski. Today's guest on ADD Comedy with Dave Rosowski is Brett Paisel. Brett's an actress having just wrapped season three of Amazon's award-winning, Emmy award-winning, Transparent. She's the author of the Los Angeles Times bestseller, Mommies Who Drink, and she's a teacher. I know Brett from our days at the Annoyance Theater in Chicago, where we performed in Splatter Theater, directed by Mick Napier. Brett's jaw is her passion, her focus, her energy, her clarity, and her truth. We spoke at the apartment she shares with her husband, actor, and director, Pat Town, a friend of mine. Uh, he's the former guest on ADD Comedy, and they share that apartment with their two sons. They're great, great people. Oh, this is a great pod chat. And spoiler alert, we talk about her transparent character's arc. You've been warned. Catch you on the other side. Yeah, I, I, I always, it, it's interesting that you land on labels because I was an actor for a really long time and then I stopped acting and I started writing um, and now I'm kind of producing and, and all of that and I keep thinking, where's all that, oh and I took two years out to even teach middle school um, because I wanted a steady paycheck. And I thought, oh, I know what I'll do. <laughs> That's what people do is they, they teach middle school when they want a steady paycheck. It oh almost killed me. Oh, yeah. um, but I kept thinking, where's the connective tissue? Where, where is, how, does, how does a person like me become all those things? And I realized that I'm a storyteller. I don't care really what part of the story I am. I just am really, really moved by stories, people, human stories mm-hmm. and that's the way I see the world mm-hmm. my own story and other people's stories it's it's what connects me to I, 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 Pat thinks it's funny that I come home from a party and I say okay I got David's story and he's like what what does that mean and I'll say okay so he was married for a while and then he got and he's just like he he finds it unbelievable that I get people's stories like a cipher. I suck stories out of people. So coming into that, because obviously that's something that's evolved as an understanding of how you do that, and that's mm-hmm. evolved that tool that 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 tool that you have. It's evolved over time. And what's a major component about of getting somebody's story? Curiosity. Right. Yeah, I'm infinitely curious. Right. Oh, I do have a funny story about that, though. <laughs> Is I think that there's no such thing as a boring person. Um, and that if you dig deep enough, you will find something. And so I met uh, Craig, the most boring person on the planet, once. And he had, I don't know if you knew him, he had like a couple of fingers missing. It was around the... The, um, oh, yeah, yes. and he was, yeah, yeah. And I hope he never yeah. hears this, but he was unbelievably dull. Right. But he had a couple of fingers Right, missing. I do remember that. And I remember thinking, he can't possibly be that dull. Nobody's that dull. And so I, I would talk to him, and I'd never get the story. I'd never get the nut of who he was. And then one day I thought, I'm going to ask him about his fingers. That's where the story is. Mm-hmm. And so we were sitting over lunch at one point. I can't remember why we were in each other's orbits. And I said, Craig, I've never asked you, how, how, do you, how did you hurt your fingers? Or how did you lose your fingers? And he shrugged his shoulders and he said, accident. <laughs> I thought, I finally met someone who doesn't have a story or doesn't want to share the story. That's it. Yeah. It doesn't want to share the story. And that is his story. I guess. Is that yeah. what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, because the only source of suffering is non-acceptance. Mm-hmm. And if you go, I've cracked the nut, 
And the cracking of the nut is there's a nut inside of that nut. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And <clears throat> I remember being, because at Second City, we'd go across the street to the bar, to the last act, and we'd sit, and I, and I was the one that would talk to anybody. Mm. And there was a woman I remember talking, and I remember thinking, oh my God, I've got sucked into your vortex, and you are clearly one of the most boring people on the planet. And I didn't know it at that time, but but the the, the tool that I use now when that happens is listen, be present, still always look for an out mm-hmm. if you can, but realize that um, this too will pass. Yes, you're not going to die from boredom. <laughs> no one's going to bore you to death. Yes. No one's going to bore yes. you to death. And and the. The experience of the boredom is the experience. Mm -hmm. And what I've realized is this, the product of what it is that we're doing is the process of what it is that we're doing. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. So certainly with improvisation. Mm -hmm. The product of improvisation is the process of people up there improvising. Mm -hmm. So me watching somebody just be so Dull, and it doesn't happen that often, which is really interesting. No, it interesting. doesn't, because most people do have a story. If right, they can find it. and most people also do this. They know when to zip it. Right, because you got the cues. Uh, the cues are you're getting the cues that somebody says you have to stop right now. Mm-hmm. You've got to stop right now. Mm-hmm. And some people don't and get those don't. cues, which is in and of itself fascinating. Right, so because you think I've just stretched. I've just done this thing where. I've, Stretch my arms above my head, and that to you wouldn't you you would say, oh, the the conversation is winding down now because she's stretching. She's gonna stand up or get something, and then some people don't see that. No, which is fantastic. And and and, and I think the stretching is probably fourth or fifth down right. the cue, the cue, the cue cue, mm-hmm. if you if you will, the the line of cues. Um, the first one being, I don't have eye contact with you. Right. Right. My eyes go over here. Yeah, yeah. And it's, and it's, go, and, uh-huh. Oh, okay. And then you do a little rustle. Right. You do a little. You shift your weight a little bit, and and that's supposed to signal. <laughs> zip this up. <laughs> yeah. Clearly. Yeah. Clearly. Yeah. And we you 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 mentioned the word human earlier, and it really is about these are human cues and clues, and 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 buddy, you're alive. And I'm alive, so please know that I'm telling you these things subdermally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And those kinds of interactions, to me, are story. That's story. And, and so I can be, fa- again, back to I can be fascinated by pretty much anything because I'm infinitely curious about human beings. And so, but you're also, what you're also doing is this. You're sitting and allowing the story to come to you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting that you're you're producing on this show mm-hmm. is it I Love Dick yeah so you're producing on, uh, on on Amazon's show I Love Dick mm-hmm. and you're producing on that show and what you're doing then is you are witnessing your job is to witness the actors product which mm-hmm. is their that's performance yeah right yeah and so exactly you're right. still sitting and being mindful of the story that's being told right only this time I get to help shape it but yes Right, yeah, yeah. but the skill of you, and everyone mm-hmm. knows that about you, the skill of you being a storyteller or being observant or being a witness, bearing witness, bearing witness to a point where you are just taking in what it is that you're taking in, and later on you're going to 
uh, what's that called when you meet afterwards and talk it out? A uh, postpartum or something? Yeah, or uh, yeah, 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 yeah. A post. Um, <laughs> um, uh, what's it called? It's, it's like we're gonna get death, back. We're gonna get back and uh, debrief. De- oh, so yeah. you're gonna debrief with Pat, mm-hmm. um, but now you're. You don't have to do your debriefing is is immediate right how yeah. lovely yeah don't you love yeah. that job i do i do I, it's it's very very interesting i i uh basically just narrow things down to beats and actions what are you doing here what is that character doing right it's so simple it's insanely simple what are you doing here what a great question what are you doing mm-hmm. here what are you doing and mick napier talks about can you this. just just sure. a second what are you doing here now? Mm-hmm. That's the question. Right. In and this scene. In as, this scene. As the person you, we're supposed to believe you are, this character. Right. What are you doing? Not just saying lines. Right. What is actually going on with you emotionally in your gut? That, what, for what me. What do you want? What do you do? But people think about what do, you, what do you want all the time. But what do you do to get what you want? Right. And that's fascin- endlessly fascinating to me, both in storytelling as characters, but also in life. What people do to get what they want. If I want to get a girl interested in me, the nine things, I, I watch my son, my, my 16-year-old son, do various things, behavior stuff, to, 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 to get into a group of teenagers, for example. You know, just from from doing, fixing, you know, sliding his hand through his hair to psych himself up. He's psyching himself up. He's walking over, and I see these like little blocks of behavior. It's it's intention, point of view, and 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 precision. Mm-hmm. But it is about life. So while you're saying all those things, I'm thinking that like every once in a while we get to stop and go, what am I doing? Mm-hmm. And to not attach any negativity to that which is what you're doing. Right. No, no. It's, 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 it's simply move forward movement. Right. We're breathing. We're moving forward. Right. So, you know, yeah. How do you operate in this space? And I mean that on a metaphysical level. Right. Yeah. So uh, expand on that metaphysical level. I think I know what you mean, but... Well, I, I, I feel like, you know, it's like taking the bigger picture and keep moving it in. So what I do with actors is simply synthesize how behavior works in the world. And we all basically want to be loved. <laughs> really, it all comes down to that. And, and, and so everything that we do in our lives is, is to be taken care of and to be loved. Isn't that just beautifully simple? Right. You know, even to what clothes that I put on today. Because I put on clothes knowing that I was going to go out in the world. And what are the clothes that a 56-year-old woman can wear to make herself the most appealing and approachable in the, in the situation I'm going to be in? And what's also important there is, is the idea of self-love. The idea of, of loving yourself and saying, look, this is what I am. Mm-hmm. And to know, I know what looks good on me. Mm-hmm. And I look in the mirror and I go, that looks good. I'm a handsome man. And to walk out and go, aren't I handsome? <laughs> I want you to see how handsome I am yeah. in order for you to love me. Yeah. In my case, it's she doesn't look half bad for a 56-year-old woman. <laughs> I, I might be able to relate to her even if I'm 32. That's what I'm trying to say. I'm trying to say, look, I'm, I'm kind of fun to hang around. Look at my kicky clothes. <laughs> 
you can talk to me. <laughs> I'm not dead yet. Basically, that's what I'm saying. Exactly. And, uh, and, and so you say 56-year-old woman, and it makes me think I'm a 57-year-old man, and, and what we're essentially... We're, we're doing this awesome thing. Whatever it is that we're doing, you're doing it, I'm doing it, Pat's doing it. There's so many, Jill Soloway, Jill's doing it, Faith's doing it. Um, there's so many people that I know that I look at and I go, look at what the fuck happened to us. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and you, 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 you were mentioning Mick, uh, uh, Mick Napier from The Annoyance. I'm going, look at what he's doing. Look what Jen's doing, his, his partner. You know, it's like, look at what the fuck is happening here. Mm -hmm. And there's a positiveness to it. Well, there's a creative surge about it that just doesn't die. It's, it's, so, it's about soul rather than this, which is the interesting part of aging, right? Is because your body gets less attractive and more painful, or mine does. Maybe I shouldn't impose that no, on anybody else. No, I totally else. understand. So then what am I about? What, what's, what's the part that doesn't die? What's the part that, and it's, it's all that creative force and energy. What's the part that doesn't die? It's so, that's mm -hmm. such an interesting thing. What's the part that doesn't die? Because there is, there, there is the endless idea of creativity. What's the part that doesn't die? There's also that energy that doesn't go away. Right. And we have no idea why or how, but the why or how doesn't matter. No. The why or how doesn't matter. No. What matters is you've got this right now. Mm -hmm. Why do you want to talk about why you have it? Or why mm -hmm. do you want to talk about how, how come you have it? Or why do you want to talk about from where did it come? Yeah. None of that matters. Uh, no, it doesn't, because then you become the most boring person in the world. <laughs> <laughs> I, remember, I remember the one, you know, the, every once in a while, when I'm in the middle of talking to the most boring person in the world, um, which would be the, the, the worst ad, ad campaign for a beer, uh, the most boring person in the world, um, uh, there is a line that will stand out that I will go, oh, did we just cross that line? Um, and, and one I remember it when I was crossing is like, uh, let me tell you why I picked up the saxophone. So I'm like, <laughs> do we wait? We've crossed that part of that line. And that was at a, I was at the uh, I was at a bar at, uh, at at LAX, and it's it's called the Animals Club. So you got to pay to get in. It's a membership, oh, that's you know. And and when you travel a lot, you you, oh, okay. you have that in that way. You know, you go in. It's quiet. It's better internet service. Blah blah blah. Um, and I was, and this guy just fucking attached himself to me, and he was a minor, which I thought, that you're a minor. What an, I don't, what am I gonna like, be a fucking minor? <laughs> you're a minor. Like, not a minor, like age minor, you're a minor. You go oh, into a. Oh, a real minor. He I was said, a, oh, right, okay. right. He what, was a how minor. How did you know this? Because he had his hat? No, he told me okay. that he was a minor. And he, he said, said, what are you. Hi, I'm this. Well, and I'm we, minor. We, he's one of these things where it's like, he, he sees me at a bar by myself and it's like, zip, I can talk <laughs> at this guy. He's not I talking see. to okay, me. Yeah. So it's boom, and he's like, what do you do? And, and I told him what I do, and it just went across. His, not that it matters, but mm -hmm. I, I know you didn't listen to what right. I just said to you. Yeah. And I said, oh my God. So I said, what do you do? And he goes, I'm a minor. I'm like, what? And I turned, and then all that he talked about was the chemical makeup of a particular particul particulate that was bloody, 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 bloody. And, um, and you're thinking you lost me, dude, because you had me at minor. Like, what's it like to be down underneath a subterranean in the earth type thing and you just blew it? You, now, here's how he blew it. He stopped being human. Mm -hmm. And he started to be... Expert guy. Exactly. 
let me tell you about the chemical makeup. Yeah, yeah. And not like, what the fuck does it feel like to be underground for eight, you know, tons of hours a day? Like, that's interesting. And that's what he does. He's mm -hmm. underground. For, and I kept going back to that. And he kept going back to chemical learner makeup of, <laughs> of, of, of strontium. You got and I'm gypped like, of the story. I you fucking, got, you got But wait, there was the another story. part of the story. He was with another friend. And they were, and his friend was smashed. Totally smashed at the bar. His friend sat him next to me. He's like, eh, eh, totally smashed at the bar. And I'm like, God. And his friend got loaded and fell asleep at the bar. The bartender went, you got to go. And his friend then came up, the miner then came up to me and started talking. He's like, sorry about my friend. He was really apologetic. It was really lovely. And then we're talking and then I'm thinking, oh my God, this is the most boring fucking thing in the world. And I had to go to Chicago. I was on my way to Chicago to talk to, my mom had cancer and she doesn't have it anymore, which is great. And, and so I feigned calling, no, I really called my mom. I was like, hi mom, how's the, how's, how's the your opera, cancer? how's your cancer for him to go? Maybe I shouldn't talk about it. Right. So we're on the phone. I hang up the phone and I hear this cough. And it was his friend losing his lunch. Oh my God. But here's the thing. It was eight o'clock in the morning. Well, I mean, they were traveling, right? So was so I. Was like <laughs> it was eight o'clock in the fucking morning. And when I found out he was, he was sitting next to me. He was supposed to be sitting next to me on the plane. But because he got sick, he couldn't. Oh. Can you imagine sitting next to somebody on the plane? Oh my God. Right? So, there's the story. Sure. So absolutely. I'm sitting, and, and so the story of the story, the story isn't the guy telling the story. Mm -hmm. The story is a bigger story. Yeah, it always is. Or a deeper story. Yeah. A deeper story. Yeah. 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 In order to get to the deeper story, not necessarily in this, but in the work that you're doing, or I'm doing, or we're doing, or Pat's doing, is... There's a vulnerability that you need mm -hmm. to have and a self-awareness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 it's interesting that you talked about traveling. I think that one thing that's great for storytellers about traveling is, first of all, you, there's just story everywhere. But also, traveling demands that you be present. You can't do a whole lot when you travel except just be there getting your body from one place to the other. And you don't have a lot to hang on to in terms of routines and stuff like that. So it requires this presentness which allows for tons of story because you're just sit sitting at that bar. There's nowhere else to go. You until, are where you're supposed to be. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's you why I'm addicted you to traveling. Lot. Yeah. Yeah. You, and your family's in Wisconsin and Germany or not Germany anymore? Not Germany anymore, but uh -huh. I, yeah, I travel a lot for that reason. I go down to Mexico twice a year mm -hmm. and, uh, and then I, I try to travel internationally. But the thing about that, I totally understand that. And what I discovered in my travels is this. Um, it's so connected to be to an improv an improv scene because you're just more aware of everything that is happening every moment that yeah. you're there yeah. because the language is different the clothes are different the food is different yeah. the travel is different and, and you're it, constantly assessing and you're constantly yeah. assessing yeah. and you're aware of friend or foe you're aware of of, of adventure or adventure now or adventure later and you're not necessarily there's no goal the no. goal is where you are. Mm -hmm. And that's the life thing, yeah. too. Yeah. You can get really, really addicted to it, I think. Because um, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's that whole thing you were talking about witnessing. It's about 
It's about being present, and uh, and then the story happens. The witnessing is such an interesting thing. Oh yeah. To live through your life and to be aware that you're aware and to be conscious of being conscious and to just go, wow. And a major part of it for me is talk about aging is to be in this meat suit, but to have that spirit that is ageless and in, ageless and infinite and ongoing. And how people don't know that they have it. Right. And I think this this does make me sound old. I think that the cell phone is so anti all of that, because when you when you put all of your energy into that and you're not witnessing, you're not present with my kids, they think I'm nuts because in the car, I won't let them play on their cell phones, which is the place where most parents do. And they've heard my rant about, I want you to be bored. I want you to be able to look out the window and see the world pass by and check into your bodies. If you're irritated by that, isn't that interesting? Why, why, why are you so antsy in the car? What is it? What's so painful about drifting? And What's so painful about drifting? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because don't, oh, I, I mean, maybe you, you, you weren't like this, but I remember, and this is probably, <laughs> it's, it's a, I don't know what it means. Um, I remember being able to sit with just myself in the middle of the night for like hours, and I thought I was the most fascinating person on the planet. I could sit there with my thoughts. And I remember sometimes my mother waking up and thinking, oh, what are you doing sitting there in the dark? And I literally was just thinking. And I thought, I, nobody knows how fascinating I am. And I don't know if I've ever gotten anyone to particularly agree with me. <laughs> but, 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 but it doesn't matter, because no. I, I, that was all time spent with that soul, the person who's in the meat suit, that has nothing to do with the meat suit. And, and, and it seems to me that while you were thinking about it, you went a very different direction than a lot of people do when they sit with themselves. You went to the, aren't, uh, the quote, aren't I fascinating, unquote, where so many people go, What's, what am I here for in my life? is And I'm sure that you've had that too. Mm -hmm, yeah. But, but when, you, when you have that, the idea of, aren't I fascinating? Why isn't everybody fascinated with me? And not to go because they're jerks and I shouldn't be alive and no. blah, 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 blah. But to go, I... Man, and just to sit. Yeah. Or to sit with your imagination. Yeah. Because that's really what you're doing. Yes. You're sitting exactly. with your imagination. Exactly. I would also interview myself. And what would that be? Oh, just about what, what do I think about the world situation right now? And I don't know why I would think that I needed to process all of that into language in a way. Right. Clearly. I practice. But that. isn't that interesting? Mm -hmm. The idea of of voicing it and when we voice it it becomes real doesn't it mm -hmm. yeah 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 and so that is directly connected to what it is that you're yeah, what story. is it you're doing now yeah yeah and i think i think that that process of of going deep into yourself is where every every artist has to go it, it has to come from you and that's why i'm so fascinated when i meet artists who don't seem self-aware because i think well where are you getting your story where, where where's all this coming from and we see it a lot we see it in bad movies and bad plays and bad acting and, and it's usually because there isn't enough depth to the artist's soulful exploration uh, we just watched the Nice Guys, which was a movie that that was with Ryan Gosling and 
uh, Russell Crowe. Oh, yes. Action yeah. film, yeah, yeah, yeah. buddy mm-hmm. thing, movie. And there was a scene of them sitting at a bar talking, and I'm thinking, I don't fucking believe either of you. Mm-hmm. I don't believe a word that you're saying. And I didn't believe a word that I was saying because the characters written sh- were written shallowly. Right. And because the characters were written shallowly, I felt like they didn't have, those characters didn't have the self-awareness to go, what? Yeah. And they probably weren't doing anything. They were just They, they were that, sitting at a bar, talking. smoking cigarettes, smoking and, cigars and cigarettes and talking. And quite possibly the writer was thinking, oh, these are funny things they can say to each other because it's a comedy. Right. Except that if they're not doing anything other than just saying funny things to each other, we don't care. And that's the whole thing about so much improv that I watch that I'm thinking, where the fuck are you? Where are you? Uh, you're up there. And if you're going to give me a fucking dog and pony show, great. Just call it a dog and pony show. Mm-hmm. And I've mentioned this numerous times on the podcast where it's like, if you tell me that you're going to do, uh, and I hate to say this, but this is really the way I feel about it, is like if, if you go, come to my improv show, I'm going to go, I'm not going to go to your dumb improv show. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to go to your dumb improv show because nine times, out, unless you explain to me that you're doing something fucking different, nine mm-hmm. times out of ten, it's just you up there yammering. And the moment that somebody asks you to be human, you don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very interesting. I remember, uh, because I'm a storyteller, I just always assumed that everybody who was telling stories with me was as interested in the story as I was. And it took me, and one of the reasons why I quit acting was I started to meet people or started to be aware that people weren't telling the same kind of stories that I was. What they wanted was, he explained it as, there's this job you can have, get this where they corral a bunch of people into a a dark room and then they shine lights on you. And the people who are in the dark space have to sit there until they let them out. And they have to watch you no matter what you do. It doesn't matter what you do. They they are forced to sit there and watch you do what you, and those people, then they actually pay money to watch you do whatever it is you do. And you you don't have to think about what you're doing. Because that's what you're getting out of this. It's just the people sitting in the dark watching you. And I would say that's easily half of almost all artists that you run into. And they're the people that that, that made me so sad that I, I literally quit for a while. I totally understand. I totally understand. And, and, and when you look at the things that kept you in the business, <clears throat> that kept you in the art form, it was because the people around you were inspiring you. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Excuse yeah. me. And so when I look at the beginning of the days of the annoyance, of right. metroform, of all that stuff. All that story. Tell <coughs> the story. Ooh, how are we going to tell this part? And here's the thing about that. We never told a story. We were the story. Mm-hmm. Because I think that if you start telling the story while you're in the story, the story then gets boring. Right. Right. Yes. And, and, and actors love to talk about the story. Oh, my God. <laughs> and that's the part that you're like, I do not. Let's get up on our feet and just for Let's God's get up on our feet. Two up. What am I doing here? I'm in a lot of those kind of conversations that are just like deadly to the craft. Clearly. 
And when I'm watching this show, this movie, The Nice Guys, which I just saw it, and I love watching these things because same reason to sit to sit in a boring conversation is to sit in a bad television show. Oh, I, or, I, or movie I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I see bad rom-coms all the time. Oh my, uh, purposefully? It's kind of, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, and to sit back and go, what the fuck just happened? And to note, and if I can, because in this movie, The Nice Guys, I'm visualizing the man sitting at his keyboard, uh, there's a guy that wrote it, mm. sitting at his keyboard going, there's a missing part here. Oh, mm. let's get exposition. I'm going, oh, Fuck your fucking exposition. Fuck your exposition. Mm-hmm. Can't, because the moment that you start throwing exposition at me, you know what you're saying, me, the viewer? You're dumb, dumb. enough not to fucking figure out yeah. what the fuck is going on. Or I have to explain it to you. It's fuck probably an executive, too, who said. Clearly. Who said, well, I don't know where they are right now. <laughs> you know, or, or what they're, it's, they, you've got to tell me. Right. Yeah. I, I think about, and suddenly it just dawned on me that when we did Splatter Theater, it, the exposition was so highlighted that it became ridiculous. Yes, and it and yeah. that and Mick was just so into get the fucking exposition out. So it's like, Dad, I can't believe that we came here to the city and my mom died, and then I'm doing, and I'd like to get to go to school and be able to get. It's like, son, I realize that you don't want to, and just just repeat the fucking exposition. So that becomes the thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's interesting. I hadn't, I'd forgotten about that, but that's true. Yeah, yeah. And again, what he did, what Mick did, was he made he we told the story by t- it was a very it's a it's a high wire act there like we told the story by being in the story, telling the story of us being in the story and telling the story. Oh, that hurts my head, but you're right. Yeah, 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 yeah. And we didn't we didn't go into it with that idea. We went into it with the idea of this. This is fun to say. Right. Exactly. This is fun to say. But that's and then that's that's. You know the mastery is the shaping of it. So you're you're simply, again, you're simply doing. As long as you're doing, as long as you're uh, doing, stop stop thinking about what you're doing while you're doing what it is that you're doing, mm-hmm. and just fucking do it. Yeah. Because if you're getting your rocks off in that moment, then fucking keep getting your rocks off. Mm-hmm. And whatever it is that you're doing in that moment is what the fuck you're doing in that moment, mm-hmm. which is so hard. Uh, yeah, I think it is. Yeah. Because, again, talk about humans, uh, or something that's human, it's uh, your self, we're self-conscious. You know, we're aware of our, as soon as I, I shine a light on the way I'm sitting right now, and I think, oh my God, you know, when I sit back like this, I look fatter. And I have to sit up and pull myself up. As soon as I'm in that moment, I've lost you. That's that's not interesting. No, I've forgotten what we're talking you. about. This is right? no longer a conversation. And, and to be around people who are just, who can just, who can be just. I think about Alexandra Billings, mm-hmm. and I think about her and her self awareness in a really wonderful way because mm-hmm. it's all about the. Her connection to her body mm-hmm. and her spirit is crazy. Mm-hmm. It's fuck crazy. Yeah. And she's, it, it, it's very interesting that you bring her up because she's worked on that. Do you know what I mean? Like that is, when you talk about craft, finding that connection. And, and I don't even know if possibly because you're trans, you think about your body earlier and longer and harder than, than, than someone who doesn't necessarily have to put their attention there that early. It's I interesting. It, it's sort of like, like when, I, I, I'm only comparing this because it's just a comparison. It's, it's not a judgment call. 
when you're ill, when one is ill, I'm not saying, you don't understand what I'm saying. When one is ill and none of the, the over-the-counter remedies work, and then you go to the doctor and none of the, what the doctor's doing was working, and then one day you go to a different doctor and he goes, oh, it's this. Mm-hmm. And then he starts treating that and you go, fucking diagnosis, a diagnosis, a diagnosis. And so what happens with, with Alex, I would imagine, was there was when she was Scott, mm-hmm. that she kept having these feelings and, and quashing them and having these feelings and quashing them and then realizing, wait a minute, if I put this outfit on, I feel more connected. Mm-hmm. And she is very aware of her body. Right. And it's also because it's changed in a way that you and I will may never may net we may know it, but we may never know. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of thinking and being and accepting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. And she also does. She's a, an excellent teacher on something called viewpoints. Mm-hmm. You know, which is just nine viewpoints telling you, codifying fucking everything that you're doing. You're sitting in that way. You're you're nodding your head in that way. And for you to be at peace with where what of how you're sitting. Whoever is listening to this right now, how are you sitting? You just and we go back to this. What are you doing right now? Right. Mm-hmm. And it's not why you're doing it. It's what are you doing right now? I'm sitting. And every once in a while, I don't know about you, but every once in a while I sit and I go, I fucking love the way I'm sitting right now. <laughs> I do. Yeah, I do. And I also do, consciously, especially when I'm on set, um, uh, I consciously uncross everything so that I'm, I'm breathing and not closing off. I'm very aware of standing in a circle with everybody who's got their arms crossed. Mm-hmm. And then I go, oh, I'm not going to be that guy. I'm going to be the guy that's not that guy. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to say, what does that feel like? But to be mindful that everybody is sitting here with their arms crossed or to sit, to go back to the example with your kids, to be in a place where everyone is on their phone and mm-hmm. I'm not going to be on my phone. Mm-hmm. So what am I going to do? I'm going to watch people be on their phone. I'm going to watch people be on their phone and not be judgmental of them being on their phone. Oh, that's an interesting exercise. Yeah. I just watch them. Uh-huh. And to be. It's, it's a matter of being, again, your storytelling is just, what are you aware of? I look, I look at your place and I'm able to put all these things together and to go, hopefully no, no one was shot, um, looking at this place and putting all these things together and of course this is where you live. It's interesting you say that because um, I love this room and the reason why I love this room is because every single object in it has a story. And it's usually from my travels. But I, every every place I've been, I just was in Israel last year, and that I was wondering the last that one, yeah, yeah, from Jaffa, yeah. And I was in Jaffa, and I thought I need something from Jaffa that I can put in my. It doesn't have to be expensive. It doesn't have to be anything. But then I can look there, and I can go, oh, I remember. That's where I was in- with my niece. And uh, we walked that street and found that thing. And and with that comes an emotional connection about your niece. Mm-hmm. And in viewpoints, that is called architecture. So anything that you have Mm -hmm. is like the room is architecture, the floor is architecture, the color is architecture, all that's architecture. But also things are architecture. Mm -hmm. So you look at that and I have an emotional connection. You have an emotional connection to that. And I have an emotional connection to you. So now I have an emotional connection to that. Mm -hmm. It's an awareness of those things that we have so that when you are on set or living your life, whatever the fuck it is that you're doing, you're, um, you're aware of every fucking thing. Mm-hmm. I look at the painting that you have of the masks and it's like whoever did that my mother 
I was about to say, <laughs> she, I just had a feeling, she intentionally put every, intentionally put everything there for an intention. Mm-hmm. What's your intention? Mm-hmm. Because your intention is, the object isn't to get what it is that you want. Mm-hmm. The object is to be engaged in getting what it is that you want. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. I'm, you know, again, back to doing, always doing. Right. 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 When you're, I don't want to give too much away for those people who haven't seen, I don't want to give anything away, who haven't seen this season of Transparent, but man, it was just so, so beautiful watching you be the story and to see what happened to your character. It's so tough for me because I really want to talk about it, but I can't <laughs> talk about it. No, that's um, what, what's your feeling? Uh, so I'm just going to, let's just vague it up, but if people want to know, they can watch it. But going through it, when you read that script that, that week, or if you knew weeks ahead of time, what was going to happen, what, was your, what, were, what were your feelings about that, just in terms of storytelling? Oh, um, I was surprised that it hadn't happened earlier. Oh, my. Um, because I knew that I was, I, I can give it away, right? That, I guess, I, yeah. the, That my alert. character was more, um, worth more story-wise dead than alive. Got to it. the writers. Worth more Because sto- I'm part of Josh's story. Right. And I thought, they've got to kill me. They have to. Ooh. And And so it, I was not remotely surprised, and I was sort of excited for the story. Right. I really was. Because I thought, that's going to give Josh so much. Right. To, he, he's got to fix this, you know, hole in his life and, and, you know. Right. And he's connected to me through our son. He's got to find our son. He's got to, to make that right. Right. You know? So, it's that, it's that uh, going back to improv, mm-hmm. where if, if this were an improv show, you wouldn't want to kill yourself. Right, because, because it wouldn't matter. What do you mean it would matter? Well, because I'm not going to do another, another the, the bigger story that goes on infinitely for seasons and seasons. I'm just on stage for as long as I'm on stage for. So why would I kill myself? Right. And yeah. also, why would you kill yourself? You want to be more, you want to do more show. Yeah. But here's the thing. Throw yourself on the hand grenade for the good of everybody else. Mm-hmm. In that, mm-hmm. realize that it's not about you. This right. is not about you. And when you're doing a scene, whatever, whatever creative process you're doing... It's collaborative. Mm-hmm. And my uh, sentence that we're the Santas of Nowtown. So I'm giving you a gift in the moment of the moment. And everything that I'm doing is a gift to you. Mm-hmm. And everything that you're doing is a gift to me. Mm-hmm. And you tell me who I am in your emotional reaction to me. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Everything's, what, what is it? Uh, was it Joan Diddy? Is it, everything's copy? What's that? Uh, I don't know that. Uh, it's the woman who, uh, it's a, um, oh, uh, I feel bad about my neck woman. Uh, the, 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 the writer of When Harry Met Sally. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Her mother was a journalist or, or something like that uh-huh. and, and used to always say everything is copy. Meaning I will use everything. Got it, got it. It's not everything is copied. It's everything is copied. Yes. Yeah. So everything that I am, everything that's here is usable. Absolutely. In terms of my storytelling. So, you know. And going back to the most boring person in the world. Mm -hmm. That, that's copy. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Because God knows I've told that story many times. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's copy. Yeah. Um, Armor, have you ever, did you ever read The Jungle by Upton Sinclair? No, Oof. I know of it. So yeah. it's about the meatpacking industry at the turn of the century yeah. in Chicago. And Armor used to have a slogan, and the slogan was, we use everything but the oink. And I love that. Yeah. But I, I, I insist that we use everything and the oink. <laughs> um, and the thing about the work that we do on stage as opposed to say film work but well, no, this is true of film work as well but because I do mostly on st stage work is where I'm standing I'm going to use that mm. where the, the distance between you and I I'm going to use that mm. um, the chair being over there I'm going to use that I'm going to I might not get the chair but I'm going to have an emotional connection to that chair mm. I'm going to have an emotional connection to you without you really doing anything other than fucking being just be stand there and be mm-hmm can you be human and stand there and be? It's a pretty tall order, really, when you think about it. Well, what is it that stops us? That self-consciousness and wanting something other than just simply being. I, you know, the, 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 whatever wanting love becomes to us, and if we mistake uh, applause, if we mistake um, the, the congratulations after a show for love, which it isn't, uh, if we mistake those things, then, then, then we're constantly going after that thing that's out there, not what's between us. So I'm thinking, I'm becoming actually the watcher, the audience, when I'm, when I'm self-conscious. Do you know what I mean? So I'm assessing me, and I'm going to make them laugh rather than be in this thing. Right, right. And the moment that you do that, you disconnect from me. Mm -hmm. If I ever connected in the first place. Oh, clearly. Well, the great thing about, yeah, and that's for, for the work that I do when I travel and teach is 95% of what I do is, do, do you know that you just did that? That you just winked? Do you know that your head just moved like that? Do you, are you realizing that right now? Do you know that this is the way that you're sitting? Do you understand that? And do you understand that that is fucking perfect? That's what you do most of the time. That's what I do most of the time. Yeah. Because I don't give a shit about your fucking story. What I mean is I don't give a shit about you telling me your story. Yes. Stop no, telling me your story. I know Just what you mean. be the fucking yeah. story. Yeah. And the people that I watch on stage that I love to watch, they don't even know that I'm there watching them. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Because your job the moment that you get on stage is to be voyeur meat. Because that dark room that you talked about that those people paid and there's a light shining on you. You fucking better be human up there. Mm -hmm. Because I'm going to see something that I've never seen before. Mm -hmm. That isn't you manufacturing it is rather, I want to sit there and go, I shouldn't be watching this. And that's oh, what yeah. makes transparent so fucking hard to watch. And every once in a while I'm going, I don't know that I can keep watching it because these characters are so, fucking bug me so much. That's very interesting that you say that because when I teach <clears throat> writing, I often say to um, new writers or, or, or my students that um, when I'm writing... I always say, say what is the tr what is the truest thing I can say about this right now? Not the funniest thing, not the smartest thing. What is the truest thing I can say about this? And I said, and then once you answer that, go one level deeper than that. Not uh, really. What's the truest thing? What's really, really, really essentially the and if it. If you hit bone, it usually feels embarrassing, embarrassing, and often you think to yourself, oh my God, I can't say that. I can't do that. I can't say that. And when you've hit that, that's exciting. 
that's exciting because we all want to connect. And if you can tell me your shitting story and I can say, oh my God, I shit too, then, 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 then we've had a moment. And that, that's it, that embarrassment factor when you watch Transparent, that feeling when you read a book where, where your skin stands on end because the, the writer said something that we all understand on some cellular level, but that hasn't been put into words yet, or those words. Absolutely, absolutely. My partner tells me how to breathe. So the moment that they say something that changes my breath, I hit bone mm-hmm. or she hit bone. Mm-hmm. Bone was yeah. hit. Yeah. And at that moment that bone is hit, I'm going, oh, oh no, no, no. Oh no, I want to take that back. It's like, mm-hmm. fuck, you want to take that back? Mm-hmm. Because it is that kinesthetic response. And it's a kinesthetic response that we have to ourselves. So in an improv very often we go, the most important person on stage is your partner. Well, the last person that you talk, you, you, the last person that you hear is your, you listen to is your partner. That's not true. The last person you hear is that voice within yourself that says, "How did I feel about what just happened?" Because well, then I'm in relationship to the creative process, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And your idea of the that 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 realization of the moment that you hit that point, go deeper under that. That's what we've never seen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's subdermal. Yeah. That's what I call creative adjacency. Creative adjacency is this thing where you go, I've created that. What's adjacent to that? What's adjacent to that? What's adjacent to that? And the moment that you hit something, you go, and the moment you go, it's that sacred breath. And you go, what the fuck just happened? Mm -hmm. It's not a coincidence that inspiration has the inspiration and respiration have the same root Mm. because breath and inspiring is the same fucking thing. Mm-hmm. And in Hebrew, wind and inspiration is the same word. That's pretty. <laughs> Ain't it? Yeah. It's really great. And so when you watch somebody, you know, when I, when, when I knocked on the door and I wasn't sure if you or Pat were going to answer the door, I'm like, oh man, this is a win-win. <laughs> <laughs> and I was thinking, oh, you know, who's going to come to the door? And in that moment that I didn't know where I rang the bell or knocked or whatever it was, when I rang the bell, in that moment, I felt that moment. In that moment, I felt that moment. And what, it's not about who's going to open the door at that moment. It's like, oh, I'm so excited right now. Period. Yeah, I'm so excited right now. Fun. Period. And to live just like we want to live in the uncomfortable, we also want to live in the joyful, in the mm-hmm. exhilarating. And to recognize the exhilarating and not to walk away from it. So in, <laughs> yeah, I'm ringing a lot. But so in, in Transparent, mm-hmm. there are moments where it's like, can we just cut to the next scene? Mm-hmm. I fucking can't take it. Yeah, yeah. He falls on the ground of this flea market, or she falls on the ground of the flea market, and she, she, miss, she loses her shoe, and I'm going... Oh, just somebody rescue her. You know, somebody, oh, you just said that. Don't just said that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it, yeah, it's the, it, it's, it's living in the tissue more than it is living in the, in the, the parts of the story. It's, it's, it's letting you just live in the, in the, the parts in between. It's, and that's very uncomfortable, but it's uncomfortable in a storytelling way, in a good way that keeps you, keeps you going, but I have to stay with this person because oh they've God. let me in. They've, they've, they've let me into that, their story. 
and I, I, I can't, you know, again, probably some of that witnessing, I have to be there. And it also creates, it, it also creates real tension because it, 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 it's very difficult to do that in, in art, I think, because we all know that Jeffrey Tambor is playing this part and that he's perfectly fine. Right? So what, what is the contract? What is the point at which we allow him to become this character and then we, we give over feelings about the character? What, I mean, that's an intense process that we're all like participating in. And I think, it's, it, I think that it requires vulnerability. And and an awareness of the tension. The word tension. When you said tension, I'm like that's the that's a major part of what I'm teaching these days. It's like fucking sit in the tension mm-hmm. because outside of this sacred space, you want to avoid the tension. Right. Live right. in the fucking tension because it's exactly what you said. Jeffrey Tambor is going to be. He's okay. Mm-hmm. You're okay. Mm-hmm. You student who paid to come to my class. You are okay. Don't you want to play not okay and know that you're okay and you're not okay yeah, play? Yeah, and and it's funny how how many artists avoid do avoid that. Clearly, they, again, again, they're doing it because they're saying funny lines and those lines are funny, and they're thinking about the next thing that they can do that's going to surprise the audience or do this or how I'm, the clever way I'm going to. I tell this I tell this story about one of my and I had many awful auditions because. I, Auditions always made me feel self-conscious. Sure. So I was not in my body. I was very aware that I was being judged and I had a very hard time ever finding peace with that. And I remember there, I did the, the, the last monologue from, uh, from Doll's House. Uh-huh. And I remember that I was playing with this chair and the chair had slats. That's Strindberg? Uh, it's uh, Ibsen. Ibsen. And I remember thinking, okay, that's cool. It's like a prison, this chair. What I'll do is I'll, I'll crouch behind the chair and do the monologue through the slats of the, of, of the chair, and it's like she's in prison and she's never getting out. This is all a great idea in my living room. And so I go to court theater in, 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 um, in Chicago, and I do this whole monologue basically squatting behind the prison of my chair. And at the end... <laughs> Nick Ruddle, the artistic director, stands up and says, you can come out from behind the chair now. (laughs) And it was just because I was playing all concept, all how smart I am, all how I'm making these clever connections that that I'm going to be rewarded for. And none of that was what he saw. He saw an actress crouching behind a chair. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, no, I totally understand. It's clever. It's that clever thing, that clever. Because isn't everything that you're saying about getting a laugh and, and that, that's all, that's all product. Mm-hmm. That's all ego and product. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get the laugh. I'm going to make him see how clever I am. And when we're doing product, we're not doing process. Well, you're clearly not. I mean, process is being in the moment, right? Because you're right. processing. Right. And uh, yeah, if you're not, if you're, <laughs> if you're, if you're somewhere out there, that's never going to, it's never going to work. It's not going to end well. No, it's not going to end well. It's not. Going to end well. You're going to be crouching well. behind a chair. <laughs> exactly. This is not going to end well. Uh, that's such a big thing. The the idea of, of of, uh, it's a gimmick. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. And Hollywood, what's weird is, or not weird, is Hollywood's based on gimmicks. So it's actually anti-story. Right. Most of what, what the movies that we see, most of what executives spend all day long doing in terms of selling these stories is anti-story. Mm-hmm. They're not talking about story. No, they're talking about gimmick. Mm-hmm. The hook. Or the sp- the spectacle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So everything's coming at you going, what's happening? What's this show, The Beasts or something? This new movie that's out? It's J.K. Rowling's. Uh, oh, the, yeah. Yeah, and, yeah. And and the trailer is just everything coming at you. And it's like, what's happening? What's what, what's happening? But I'll go to see that because yeah. that's what that I'll, I can live with that. Right. And, 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 and there's nothing wrong with spectacle. But notice how much when it's when there's story with the spectacle. Right. Those are the, the stories. The, those are the movies that stay with. You. Right. And I can see that even with my 12 year old who likes all those DC comic Marvel things. Right. Most of which I'm not interested in. But. I'm interested in the ones I always say are is it is the story about relationships and if they are like the guardians of the galaxy are about the relationships between the people not the deeds that they're doing so much although they do but if people are connecting then I can watch that right even if it's not my thing right and and he is discerning enough to know that's a better movie Right. Than another movie in which there are just things being blown up. There's also something interesting about his him being he being able to discern all that because then he's looking at it from a couple different ways. It's not just like oh that's cool. It's like okay now, what is it that you like about that? Mm-hmm. And to be able to to voice that this is what I like about it the relationship the connection. Mm-hmm. All right. So to then look at it with a discerning eye and then to live in this world and take that knowledge into everything else mm-hmm. that's the equivalent of, of, of being aware of just being aware of what all these things that we love to do mm-hmm. man alright good let's stop there okay how's that sound and we all basically want to be loved really it all comes down to that everything we do in our lives is so we can be taken care of and to be loved isn't that just beautifully simple the words of brett paisel thank you so much for sitting down and having a pod chat with me she's got a wonderful not my finest hour coming up after these announcements (laughs) all right i will be in new york city for andy's performance november 10th through the 13th that's performance with a four in the middle november 19th to 20th i'll be in edinburgh scotland november 22nd 23rd two workshops at the nursery in london england to do a workshop at oakland's pan theater december 16th through the 18th and as always i acting my online acting classes if you live somewhere chances are i'll be teaching there check us out at davidrozaski.com add comedy with david Zaski is produced by Laura Parker and me. Like our show? Give us some love on iTunes, won't you? Send questions and comments to Dave at addcomedy.com. Here's Brett Paisel's installment of Not My Finest Hour. And now, Brett Paisel's installment of Not My Finest Hour. Um, I've been dating my now husband, but not... It was, of course, it's never embarrassing unless it's like the first couple of weeks that you've known someone, right? So, so you're, you're very wanting to be your best self, not your worst self. Anyway, so I was on the diaphragm at the time, and I wake up in the middle of the night, and I realize that I have gotten my period in the middle of the night, and I cannot get the, the diaphragm out 
So I, Pat is sleeping. And well, you're, I, at, you're at Pat's house? Yes, yes. yes. Or his apartment. So I yeah. sneak into his, his, uh, his bathroom and I get into the bathtub and I decide that I'm going to hook my finger up there and splat it out. And so I squat in the squat in the, in the bathtub and I just root around basically and fling it out and with it comes all of my period blood all over the shower the the tub everything and I think to, it looks like splatter theater when we were in splatter theater it's like it's all white with all of this blood it's a crime scene it's a fucking crime scene and I think I don't even know where to begin to clean this up. I'm, I, I, and, and plus, I'm a little woozy looking at my own blood all over the place. I'm like, I'm going to pass out on top of this. Bat's going to come in, find me in the bathtub naked with blood spattered all over the place. So I didn't know what else to do. I think I grabbed some toilet paper and wadded it up the way women do and wadded it up between my legs and snuck back into the bedroom and I had to wake him up and say there's a little bit of a mess <laughs> in the bathroom and one of the things that really endeared Pat to me is that he said I'll take care of it and he literally manned up and went in and and cleaned it up somehow I don't know and and I just went to bed <laughs> here's a little gift I'm leaving you thank you so much I now need to go back to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> I love that so much. 